by the power of Castle Hate Skull. I am Hellamark Harley, and you are watching yet again one more week. Is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? Who knows when this podcast is even coming out anymore? But I can guarantee you, at some point, it's going to return to its normal Tuesday schedule. All right. I am in a good mood. I'm really excited right now. I have a few things to start off with before we get into some even cooler stuff. So we're going to start off with the, the mildly cool stuff and then get to the really cool stuff. Now, Casey and I were just having a conversation earlier. I put on my Instagram that I'm the buffest person on Instagram. And in case you didn't know, I'm going to reveal it here, okay? This has been a joke the entire time. There was no vote. I decided it was something <gasps> funny to put on my Instagram. Gasp. Casey revealed to me, I know, right? But people will actually come at me like, you, the, you, like, that's evidence of my narcissism <laughs> is to go, you think you're the buffest? I'm like, oh, bless your heart. Um, goofing, buddy. Yes, just goofing around, you know, flew right over your head. When you can't detect sarcasm that is that obvious, it's like, ooh, you are either like really dumb or really angry. Um, Casey, however, I learned, he goes, he made a joke about being cutest in his high school. I'm sure I prompted him with something. He's not just going around bragging about being voted the cutest, but I go, oh, that's, you actually did. And he's like, yeah, I voted, you know, cutest, yeah. in, cutest in my high school. Yep. That's democracy, mm -hmm. right? This isn't even Casey bragging. It's just going, I'm sorry there was a vote and people thought I was the cutest person in this high school. One put to a popular vote. Yeah. You boys are the cutest. Yeah. It's just like, dude, let's keep it simple. Yeah. Like. Not who has the best nose or the best eyes. It's just like, yeah, because there might have been a best eyes too, right? Yeah. It's like, best you, smile. It's like, yeah. Best it's, eyes. Like, it's like, but when we put them all together. I got the triple crown. Right. Who's got the, the biggest summation of all the parts? <laughs> and that's a ya boy. So that was a lead into a conversation where I go, I like, because I, I call Casey the internet's most handsome podcast producer. Turns out I'm not the only person who thinks that, right? He's been kind of. He, it was it was uh, it was written that he would be the internet's most handsome podcast producer. Even back in high school, people saw that he was destined for greatness, ma mainly based on his looks. Right. The segment is making me blush, Mark. <laughs> okay, we'll move on then. But I just thought that was Thank funny, you. because also high school superlative stuff. It's like you're the hottest. Congrats. But that's cool because maybe maybe like you went on to do something. Maybe other people. That's like. They're crowning glory in life, yeah. you know, they're crowning achievement. Okay, so what's going on with me? You know, we just, I'm in a good mood actually because I was just having a fight with a kid where we watched the Amber Heard trial verdict live. And I have to say, I love the truth one. And you could take a lot of angles on it, like it's good for male victims of abuse. And I do think that's true. And I do think there's. Uh, going to be a change in the cultural zeitgeist where something that Amber Heard actually said herself, which was like, go ahead, go claim that I, Johnny Depp, am a victim of physical violence and domestic abuse. There are realities to this, and of course, not every woman is lying, but I think it's very important. And the reason I was so fascinated with this trial, in part, was because you got to see the breakdown of what an actual abusive dynamic looks like. And part of it is you go, mm, did Amber Heard ever look like she was like being controlled or manipulated or suppressed or that she was scared of Johnny Depp? Because you really didn't see that in any of the recordings. And I think that's this evidence of, you know, short of video footage of people hurting one another or physically harming them. You kind of you take this holistic view and go, this is a situation in which it might appear that somebody's lying or completely making things up. And we'll get into the specifics of that. And a little bit I know we've touched about 
touched on borderline personality and various cluster B types like sociopathy and narcissism and borderline, um, which have a lot of overlapping traits and kind of, it's a category of people who are capable of this type of deception because of their lack of empathy and because of their pathological selfishness. They are that category of people that would be willing to ruin somebody's life for personal gain. And as somebody put uh, in a video the other day, they don't think about, I was watching this video and I'll try to give her credit next time, but it was a woman who was talking about her reaction to the Johnny uh, Depp Amber Heard trial as somebody who faced narcissistic abuse in the military or maybe sociopathic abuse as somebody who's in charge of her and of course in positions of power it's easy to take advantage of that if you're one of these power hungry types and subjected this person to um, just terrible abuse over the course of years at this like Air Force Academy. It was a woman, uh, you know, harassing a woman and abusing her psychologically, making false accusations against her. And she kind of goes through the whole thing and just saw how like she saw so much of her situation in the Johnny Depp situation because this person would make up just wild lies. Like she like sat up like that, like in a, you know, confrontation or something where she was getting a false accusation and she goes, huh? And then the person goes, did you see that? She just jumped across the table at me. Like that type of thing where you go like, this person has no problems making things up out of thin air. It's a dangerous personality type and they're also going to manipulate everyone around them, you know, to be under their control, to be afraid of speaking out against them. So it's not just like you're combating a lie, you're combating a circle of people who have been primed to support this abuser. And, you know, it, it it can be very difficult because, well, they're both crazy. Well, okay, one person's telling the truth and, and one isn't. And I think that's, it's very important that we saw that blueprint and that truth won. So that's what I was really going to say at first is truth wins out. It's not about like, oh, we got one for the men, which is true. And I think, you know, we should pay attention more and you shouldn't be so quick to dismiss a guy like Johnny Depp saying, hey, this is, this is not true. And it's, you know, perhaps even the opposite. Um, I think we should all have more education in general about this kind of thing and what actual abusive dynamics look like. I just wanted to tell you also, I had a 10 minute deadlift workout this morning. I took 315, me and Brendan did it on the minute, 10 sets, six reps at 315, which is probably, you know, a less than half, um, no, a little bit more than half of my max. If my max is like 550, you know, let's say 60% or so of your max take that, do six reps on the minute for 10 minutes. That's a easy, pretty much full body workout in under 10 minutes if you're pressed for time, quote unquote. People always say that. It's usually not the case as far as carving out, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. You all have that kind of time. So, oh my God. Casey, we talk, do we talk about this a little bit? This, this, somebody sent me some information. This is a big, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so, you know, I've been seeing a lot on the subreddit recently that people are making like fake Hella Mark Harley accounts and like, like not even like to make fun. There was like one that was like Dr. Marg Harley and it's like, you know, his joke is to write really like long wooden things using vocabulary words and make it, but I'm like, eh, it's like, you know, I don't try to speak in a confusing manner. I may drop a vocabulary word or two into the situation if uh, needed, but he's trying to satirize me 
from the perspective of like, you know, I'm using uh, pseudo intellectual confusing language, which, eh, you know, you can tell me if that's true or not. Am I speaking to you in, in uh, a vernacular that's designed to confuse you? Did the word vernacular confuse you? I had a conversation with a hater the other day where the word antagonize wasn't uh, something that he was familiar with. So maybe if I'm dealing with a 19 year old idiot, um, that would be confusing, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think of myself as trying to insert language like that. What am I talking about here? Just the fact that that was one fit where it's obviously a joke, but then a couple of them popped up where it's like, they'll spell Hella Mark Harley with like a capital I. So it looks like, you know, cause I own the domain. Hella Mark Harley on Reddit. A couple put dashes in there and like made like put like a good picture of me. So they're like, and then responding to other people in realistic ways, like, you know, so that type of stuff, it's like, ooh, you're you're going into a zone where at least addressing it now, it's like, hey, uh, you know, let's put it out there. You're doing that and trying to make me look bad, but it makes me feel less bad <laughs> for what I'm about to say. And not that I'm going to say it now, I'm going to allow you guys to have this conversation with me, which is what are the ethics, the ethics of uh, uh, exposing people who harass other people online? Like, let's say you're somebody on Reddit who's made like 8,000 posts, all negative, all, all spending a lot of time trashing certain individuals on the internet. You know, you might even be one of the top posters on a particular subreddit and devoted years of your life to harassing somebody who I know, who I think is a good person. And uh, that is also extended into harassing me by extension. And also, you know, people are trying to post my number on Reddit, et cetera. Good thing it's an old number, but let's say that's, that's out in the conversation, right? You're trying to do this to me, which I would consider a form of doxing. That, uh, that phrase has been used towards me many times for like putting people's picture on IG, but I don't think that's the case. So if I'm just going, if like, this is your public profile, here's a picture, I'm going to put it on my story. Is that doxing? No. However, <sighs> some information was revealed to me that it's, it makes sense, right? When somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, I put all this together and one of these top people, I downloaded all the information from Reddit and, and found out who the top poster was and cross-referenced it here. And this has nothing to do with Brendan, by the way, this has nothing to do with Tiger Belly or anything. It's just a random person messaging me going, hey, this person seems to have left some crucial identity markers in their Reddit page that I went and verified for myself and thought, hmm, that would be interesting to tell you know the world about that just to identify this person who spent years harassing my friend. They also have a story, I think, that like I postulate here, like I hypothesize, many of these people are unhappy or hurt or shame-filled individuals. Um, it's just a premise. I can't verify that for every single person who talks ill of me on the internet, but you, you, you do see some general patterns with little clues that we can kind of go, oh, okay, that makes sense, right? This particular story, it makes a lot of sense. I'll just leave it at that. If I were to tell the story, let's say in next week's episode, if you guys comment below that you want to hear about this, it, it almost makes this person as one of the top potential posters on a subreddit, it would sort of make them the poster boy or girl <laughs> uh, of the type of thing that could happen to you and would make you turn into a online hater right? 
think about the emotions that you would have to be experiencing on a daily basis and how you would view your life in order to devote so many thousands of hours over the course of several years to putting other people down, right? And so I don't know. I, I still haven't thought it all the way through because this is this type of stuff is important to me to think through the ethics of because I have an instinct one way and I have an instinct the other way because I don't actually want to cause harm to anybody who does this stuff that's disproportionate to what they've done or, or even do it in the spirit of revenge because really what I hope for everybody who you know takes it too far or just has a fixation on negativity or is spreading lies or is pretending to be me or putting my phone number up like I don't even want to get back at you in the same way I just want you to snap out of it and I think that happens something has to spur you and perhaps exposing your real identity would make you snap out of it and stop but that's really the ultimate goal here for me yes I'm making myself look good but it it is also genuinely true that I don't want to harm people, I want y'all to stop because it seems really immature. It seems really like, ugh, you're like a baby with a temper tantrum and you haven't the self-awareness to realize that this is something that doesn't look good and is not a productive use of your time and you're wasting your entire life. Okay, hey, let's take a break from talking about super cool, interesting stuff that my podcast is filled with every week to talk about something that I enjoy doing every time before I film a podcast to make sure it's the best podcast you've ever listened to. And that would be Happy Hippo Kratom. You can go to happyhippoherbals.com right now and use code THICKBOY with three C's to get 20% off. Why do I like it? Because it's the best ingredients, the best quality, the best company, and I urge you to try this stuff out. If you haven't done it before, use it responsibly. Let me know what you think of it down in the comments and also say, what's up when you order? Guys, I know you're probably thinking, wow, Mark, long sleeve button up and a cool hat. Well, guess what? This shirt is from oakenstoneclothing.com, my clothing sponsor for this podcast, and I love it. I rocked this the other day. I posted it on my IG. People were loving it. They're like, oh my God, can you wear that again in your podcast? I was like, yes, I can. Can I get 10% off? I said, actually, it's funny you asked that because yes, you can. If you use code HELLA at oakenstoneclothing.com, you can get 10% off. You can be looking like this. You can get some nice fitting short sleeve stuff too. Whether that's button-up, whether that's more athletic gear, it's made for the athletic guy in mind. So if you got muscles and you're tired of shopping at Ross and having everything fit you like a garbage bag, maybe go to oakenstoneclothing.com and revamp your entire life starting with your fashion, okay? <laughs> Moving on, let's do a segment called Hella Inspirational. Have we done that before? I don't even know, but I just wanted to talk about George for a second, right? George Harris, if you don't know him, he is, uh, he just got hired yesterday on his birthday at Thick Boy. Um, he came here to intern for 30 days and knowing behind the scenes what was going on, it wasn't as if it was Brendan's plan the whole time to bring him on. He was sort of like, I don't know, you know, he, he, he was involved in the question of whether or not this is going to work out. The backstory of George coming here is he was a fan of the fighter and the kid and King of the Sting and he submitted when he was a 450 pound, I believe he was still in his teens, but he was a, a really overweight guy and said, you know, I've lost uh, 200 pounds and, and he might have, may have submitted when he already had lost a couple hundred pounds. 
but he submitted. Brendan was really moved by the submission and said, you know, if you lose this much more, I'll fly you out and you can wrestle Stevie Weeby. Now, Stevie Weeby whooped his ass for sure, but Stevie Weeby is a former elite high school wrestler. Sure, he wasn't Marin County Athletic League champion of 2001, but that's only one man and you're looking at him. But he's a really good wrestler. Doesn't matter. He flew out. They put him up in a cool hotel. He had this amazing experience. And he kept, um, he kept in touch. He kept loyal. He kept, uh, you know, he would do things for us. Sometimes it would be needed. Hey, we need somebody to, you know, do this remotely. Can you help out? And he would be there and offer his time. And, uh, you know, it was very clear that he's a loyal guy. So he got flown out. He worked here for 30 days. And it's been really cool. It's been really cool to see him at the office every day. To converse with him. I know he gets here early. He leaves late. He does whatever he's, I want to say this, he's probably the least entitled young person perhaps I've ever met. <laughs> but most certainly in LA. And that's like, you know, because people are like, oh, he's such a good guy. He is. I love talking to him. He's really funny and he's very insightful beyond his years. And I just genuinely enjoy talking to him every day. And I, look, I'd be nice to a younger person at the office regardless you know, because I just, I don't believe in the, the hazing shit and, you know, being mean to somebody for the, for the sake of it, for making them feel bad and not want to be there. But I would consider George an actual friend. And I think we posted this video on the fighter and the kid yesterday and on Brendan's page where, you know, he, he announces on air that he's getting the job and it was a genuine moment. And I just wanted to kind of summarize that and say, this is the result of hard work. This is the result of lack of entitlement. This is the result of somebody being open, being kind, being hardworking, uh, looking at things and going, I have a very difficult road ahead of me, you know, whether that's losing several hundred pounds, whether that's leaving your family um, and coming to California. Nothing has been easy for this guy. He also has been open with me about his struggles with mental health. And I think that does give you insight into yourself and the world, um, you know, and, and <laughs> if you go to therapy or whatever, he just, I do think that that helps you develop your maturity. But I'm just really proud of him. And I just don't want to say that like an arbitrary way, like, oh, you got something cool. You got a job. Like he earned it. And, and his position here is earned and fortified. And if you're a young person watching this, I would just recommend to you that you look at him and go, what does that path look like? What, what can I take away from this person? Because I do think that word entitlement versus not thinking anybody has owed, you know, what's the opposite of entitlement? Not believing that you're owed anything and therefore being willing to work as if you're starting from zero or below that. You know, when you look around and go, okay, I was given these disadvantages and I'm not going to sit around and complain about it. I'm going to make up for those disadvantages in other ways. I think it's a great model for anyone to follow at any stage in life. Okay. What are we, 45 minutes in? God damn. God damn it. I just want to look at this. Um, overheard during the Amber Heard trial. Here's a meme I overheard with my eyeballs. It's Captain Jack Sparrow. You'll always remember this as the day you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. Again, I just think it's a fantastic day for 
the truth, and I'm glad that other people can recognize when a situation, two people, because here's the, the fallacy is always, well, he's saying this and she's saying that, or two, doesn't have to be a he, she, could be in any situation, could be politics, could be whatever. The situation, you know, where people are saying this and then the opposite, no, it's up, no, it's down. We have this notion, and it is a logical fallacy, that, that the truth is somewhere in the middle. Often it is not. It can be binary. It can be either or, and you don't have to take the average of the two claims and say, well, they're both crazy, or they, well, maybe this isn't. Sometimes people just make things up, right? And especially with accusations, and often with like political opinions or, you know, uh, where you're sort of debating something theoretical, one person can be totally off. But I love the fact that you can look at this and you go, we don't have to compromise. You can just say, hey, one person made this all up. And that's, is that evident to everybody around her, except for the people that she's manipulated or he has manipulated? And the answer today is yes. And that just restores my faith in humanity. I was not mentally prepared to accept. I mean, I, you know, I would have been sad, but like I thought about what if they, what if he loses? It's like, man, that would have been a big moment for America where I feel like we just kind of lose. Some of us would lose faith in the justice process and just the idea of truth in and of itself that like you can present something to somebody so clearly with so many instances and they're still like, nah, nah. Yes, this is a lot of serious stuff. God damn, we'll come back to, <laughs> okay, wait, how much can we play on YouTube, by the way? Like five minutes um, at all? No. Anything? If it's a Jordan yeah. Peterson video? It depends. Okay. I'll just, I'll just summarize this because yeah. there's a, there's a, Jordan Peterson video on borderline personality disorder guy asked him at a lecture. He's like, hey man, I, you know, I saw that you, a couple times somebody asked you about borderline personality and you sort of demurred and said, I don't have time to, you know, like talk about it right now. I don't have the mental energy. And it was interesting because I'm like, this is such a smart guy whose expertise is in psychology. And even then he was hesitant to speak about this personality disorder. And so I watched this video when he finally gets into it a few key takeaways were it's often referred to as the female manifestation of uh, sociopathy, right? So it's like men are predominantly sociopaths. Women, like if you took all people with, who have been diagnosed with BPD, mostly they would be women and mostly, you know, all diagnosed sociopaths are men. So could it be the female manifestation of that? He also says, we don't totally understand why it is what it is. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to maybe get these people to go into therapy. A couple other takeaways, I'm just spitballing off the top of my head, but he talked about how a lot of this behavior, like when they get really angry, can manifest as almost like an infant throwing a tantrum. And you kind of go, by the time you're four years old, most kids grow out of throwing tantrums. And when you see it as a baby, sure, they're like eating the carpet and kicking their legs and it's almost cute. You know, it's like terrible to deal with. If, if you're the parent and it's annoying, you can walk away from it if you're in a store. Um, but... He goes, imagine you're seeing that as an, as an adult, right? Like an adult throwing an actual tantrum. Then it becomes scary. And I'm like, fuck, man, that, that clicks in with like some of this behavior that we see from crazy people. Um, but specifically with these recordings of Amber Heard, like you see her a lot or hear about these instances where she's essentially throwing an adult tantrum. And it's something that most people grow out of by the age of four. But if you don't and you're mentally stuck, in infancy, you're doing stuff like that. And again, the paradox that he points out and articulates really well is they have an intense fear of abandonment. And um, that's correlated with an idealization and devaluation cycle where 
you'd hear Johnny Depp talk about how, you know, the first year or whatever, there's this honeymoon period where she seemed like the perfect person. If the other person in the relationship starts to give any sort of small indicator that they're going to leave or that things aren't right, the borderline personality is hypersensitive to those cues and begins predicting and anticipating that they're going to be abandoned. Um, fear of abandonment, one of the defining qualities of this disorder, and start behaving, the BPD starts behaving in a way that pushes that person away. Oh, irony, right? But we see that because we see somebody who's so scared of losing Johnny Depp and, and would you know, send him a thousand messages after he'd leave or she was so scared of him leaving the room or going somewhere else during an argument, manifestation of fear of abandonment, but paradoxically is behaving in this way that would drive anybody up the freaking wall. So I urge you to check that out. Um, I think it's really interesting if you're into this stuff and also just that, like, he also goes into a discussion which I want to bring up more in the future, conscientiousness, extrovert, all these different five, big five personality things are all uh, aspects of, you know, this talk that he, he talks about how conscientiousness and IQ have no correlation right? You can be a very smart borderline personality and have no conscientiousness, which means uh, your ability to plan and execute things. You can plan, you can strategize, but actually following through on it, because you're pathologically impulsive, you just can't seem to do it. And because you can't take responsibility or blame for anything as part of this disorder, you then externalize it and rage at other people. Your shortcomings and inability to do certain things can't be reflected upon yourself because you're so hypersensitive to criticism that, that you know that would trigger depression or feelings of emptiness. So it's all going out here. So when my podcast sucks, it's like, Casey, you're the worst freaking producer I've ever met in my life. Still cute though. You, yeah, you're like, we're not gonna deny you're cute, but just as like the <laughs> skill of producing a podcast, you're garbage at it. <laughs> You're fired. Okay. Can we start the fun stuff now? Yeah. Now that we're three hours into this, yeah. somebody brought up on TFAT K. I'm going to say a guy named Brian Callen brought up Mahmoud Sebi. He didn't say him by name, but I said, ooh, you're talking about an Egyptian wrestler at the ATT American Top Team Gym in Boca Raton, Florida, or wherever. I actually don't know if it's Boca Raton. Probably not. Um, it's somewhere near Miami. I wish I knew the city off the top of my head. Coral Gables, I think. Um, Brian told this story of how amazing Mahmoud Sebi's body was, and I had to look it up and maybe rub one out. But, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm done saying, like, that's a possibility. Does that make me gay? I don't think so. Sexuality is fluid. Now, let's check out this d -d 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 dime piece. And I just wanted to break this down because do I think he's on steroids? I don't know. I don't think he is. But here's some things that you look for in a guy where you go, there's an optical illusion here that makes him look more enhanced or look like he's on steroids. People going by like, oh, that can't be natural. But there's these qualities that you see in a lot of fitness influencers, for example, uh, that, that will make it look like somebody's sort of more of an action figure. What do we see? I'm seeing really broad shoulders, right? If you have a really broad hip to waist ratio naturally, and you see, like he just has super prominent shoulder structure. You can see that, right? I'm not... I'm not making things up here. 
super broad shoulder structure also leads to having a larger chest because if there's more space between your shoulders, guess what? <laughs> the middle of your pecs is going to be wider. So this guy looks like he has really broad shoulders and that actually makes your pecs bigger. So as a man, like every guy wants big pecs when they start working out. It just gives you a sort of broader palette, a, a broader um, canvas with which to paint those pecs on your body with weight paints. Then you also see as a really small waist, as I mentioned before, he has deep ab insertions, right? Because some people, like, you could be born with garbage abs. I'm not going to say any names, The Rock, but if you look at him, you go, okay, this guy's got a six-pack, but, like, the abs, like, are etched really deep, you know? And some people, like, you could just have a sheet of muscle with no striations, no nothing in it, and that tends to look um, not so good, okay? I don't want to body shame anyone, like, the Rock, let's just say, for example, not that I'm criticizing his abdominal muscles, but if I were to name somebody off the top of my head who's a celebrity who uh, could do, you know, a zillion crunches and wouldn't have the abs that Mahmoud Sebi does, I'm just saying this guy's genetically gifted. Maybe he does do sauce. I don't know. We'll have to have him on the podcast and ask him once and for all, clear it up. There's a lot of chatter on the internet, and we want you to come on and confront those accusations. Moving right along... Do I even know what I clicked? Okay, Bro Science Academy. Because I'm dropping knowledge on you guys. Like I said before, with my 10-minute workout, a lot of people go, Mark, your arms are so big, they're popping out of that oak and stone shirt. You're right, they are, but here's the thing. I don't work them out that much, okay? When I hit arms, I hit them really quick. I do supersets, and here's what it looks like, right? Here's the format. I'll go... If I'm starting with biceps, for example, here's like a, this shouldn't take you more than 15 minutes and you actually will kill your arms with it. Start with either a barbell preacher curl or a standing bar curl. And you can almost do anything for it. Like, like you could do a seated dumbbell curl. You could do a standing barbell curl. You could do a, uh, a preacher curl with a bar, with an easy curl bar. Those are just three of my faves off the top of my head, but anything that's going to put your wrist in a supinated position right, to really stress the biceps and not hit the brachialis. Go from that, and you can usually use the same weight. Let's say you do a set of 10 to 15. I want you to do three sets of that, but superset at each set with a reverse curl. Whatever you're doing, whether it's a cable curl standing at that stack, whether it's a, a preacher curl, and then you can do standing reverse curls. Uh, you could take a, a seated, uh, you know, one arm at a time bicep curl, um, seated dumbbell curl or uh, a leaning back against a slight incline, you take that and then you pronate your wrists, right? So you're doing either a hammer curl or a reverse curl. Superset those things, the logic being you can use the same weight because you're gonna be stronger in this motion. You can hammer curl a lot more than you can curl like this. So it's a, it's a different movement with different emphasis on your arm, but it builds your forearms and your brachialis, which pushes out your bicep and makes everything look bigger. Do three sets of that. You're gonna be toast, all right? Back to back. Give a little bit of rest between the, you know, the this to that, the supination to the pronation. How do you remember supinated versus pronated? Soup, you're like holding a cup of soup. Then after that, here's one triple set that you can do that will kill your triceps. Take again, one weight, right? For me, that might be around 100 pounds, 100 pound easy curl, like pre, you know, preloaded bar. Do standing behind the neck tricep extensions. So I'm using a bar, doing this, right? Roughly to failure. Let's say that's 10. Then I'm going to lay down immediately, no rest, and go into skull crushers. 
right? Uh, gives you a, you're going from something that emphasizes the stretch and this is a harder movement to do for most people than a laying skull crusher because your tricep is put in a less stretched and more mechanically advantageous position. So you go to that to failure. And then you go from the laying skull crushers into uh, a close grip bench press, really close, you know, should be about here, narrower than your shoulders to really emphasize the triceps and burn out with those. Do that three times and tell me you don't have the most gigantic tricep pump you've ever had in your lifetime and possibly previous lifetimes as well. If you don't like it, if you don't get a pump, come to me and I will Venmo you $2 within 48 hours of you DMing me, okay? That's my promise to you. And I've never broken a Venmo promise. Is that, so you guys cool with that now? You're gonna get big arms? It shouldn't take you more than 10 minutes. If it takes you 30 minutes, I'm gonna say send me a video of your workout, airdrop it to me in person, go back home, I'll look at it and then get back to you and tell you how you fucking up. Did you think I was gonna forget the liver king meme of the week? I don't think so. I don't think so, daddy. Some of these are just so random. Okay, yeah, <laughs> turn the volume on. This is, this is Liver King shooting on his property, I, I would assume. Shirtless, of course. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I just love Stu because he's like small. What's the next? Uh, we got another meme down there. This is like, what, <laughs> some of these are just absurd, but I love it. It's him. His legs are photoshopped to be gigantic. His upper body, uh, his upper body probably looks the same. His head is shrunk and his arms are made to look skinny as he's reaching up like this. And the caption is just, I've completely lost it. <laughs> of course, I love this meme format where it's like the buff guy like whispering to a girl at the party who's uh, super uninterested. He says, my turn. Are you on the liver and bone marrow train yet? Is it that funny? No. Do I like the use of this meme to make fun of the liver king? Of course. And then the final one. I don't know if I've used this one before, but it's worth repeating even if I have. So... It's his wife laying down with the liver king. He's got his eyes closed. He's got his barbarian helmet on. <laughs> and then the wife's little speech bubble says, Rad, he's asleep. Put the phone down and get your brother. It's time to make our escape. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because he forces his lifestyle on his entire family, guys. And if that's you, if you're in a situation where you're on the receiving end of liver-based and raw organ meat-based abuse, get out now. There are resources for you to help. Okay. You know what I was thinking about, dude? How like people love Hella Chef Harley's mm -hmm. and how it's just crazy. It's like, oh, like what do I have to even, like what's the research I have to do? It's just going, what did I eat this week? And here's something that I actually ate multiple times this week that I was like, I gotta pass this forward because it's healthier than I kind of thought and I'm taking a certain ingredient out that I like, might make it less healthy or more, you know, dense in calories in a way that wouldn't be desirable to somebody on a diet. However, have you ever eaten lox on a bagel? I know I have. It's one of my favorite things to order at restaurants. If I see it on there and I'm in the mood for it, I will actually order a $15 lox on a bagel with cream cheese and with capers and with tomatoes. Now, you can still eat all those things, but I've been experimenting with it this week, just doing the lox on a bagel. And there's not a huge variation in uh, you know, on the same size bagel, it doesn't matter if it's like cinnamon raisin or everything. And you're probably thinking to yourself, what kind of psychopath would have locks on a cinnamon raisin bagel? This psychopath, okay? See, isn't it funny? Like, I'm, I'm accusing everyone else of being a psychopath, but turns out I'm eating locks on a cinnamon raisin bagel. 
proof indeed. It's 633 calories if you take away the cream cheese. Now you can put whatever on, I'm just saying like, I bought this $25 two pack of uh, lox at Costco that gives you four six ounce servings of lox. So if you take like half of what's in um, one of the packages and split that in half, boom, boom, on each side of the bagel. So you get six ounces of lox, one bagel, nothing else. You're punished and you can't eat food that tastes good. 41 grams of protein, 43 grams carbs, 11 grams of fat, and it's 633 calories. And guess what? It takes exactly as long as toasting the bagel and putting locks on top of it would take. Which, again, if you're taking more than three minutes to prepare this meal, I want you to take a video of it, come see me in person, airdrop it to my phone, go back home, and then we can have a FaceTime conversation in which I berate you for having poor time management skills. Casey's like, huh. Calling the kettle black right, on no, that right. one. Time management, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to shoot this at 10. <laughs> I'll have Casey berate you about time management <laughs> and say, this is exactly how you're acting like Mark. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to finish up with some this is why we can't have nice gyms because these are, in fact, several reasons why we can't have nice gyms. So this is a little video here when my friend goes to the gym for the first time. This is a very funny gym skit. And this guy's doing like some good physical comedy on the elliptical thing where he's just like goofing around and kind of keeping his oh, head wow. and upper body stable. What I realized is that actually triggers me. Like when I see, I'm like, oh, like I hate when people goof around at the gym. And like, you know me, Casey. Like give me, you know, a, throw me in a funeral and I'm going to be like doing something inappropriate. At least be talking at an inappropriate volume. Guaranteed goof. Guaranteed <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but my friends, I, I have a reputation amongst my friends as like doing something that they're going to go like this at, like, mm -hmm. oh, please don't, Mark, please don't, mm -hmm. um, you know, don't don't make this joke where like the cashier isn't in on it, but you're trying to humiliate me by like saying something, you know, like I like to create awkward triangles where like I'm acting like an idiot and like it embarrasses the person I'm with, who like I'm kind of framing as like my caretaker or something like that, which is. Trust me, I, I know it's unfair to everybody involved, but like that's it. how I get off. And so I'm looking at this going like, I hate when people goof around at the gym because you know why? Because I, I don't want to spend more time in the gym that I have to. So when I look at that, I go like, oh, I hate when I'm like lifting with somebody and I've broken off like friendships before. Cause they're like, I want to live with you. And then I lift with them and I'm like, you're wasting my fucking time. <laughs> Leave my life. Protein powder. What he's saying is fuck your protein powder. That it cuts. Okay. Then there's a giant dick hole in the middle of the protein. He's all sweaty, saying, "What's the next step?" Great joke. Great joke. Great stitch. Great TikTok. Doing the damn thing. What's that third video saying to us? I'll show you. Probably something cool. I bet. Yeah. We don't even know about. Okay. This is another thing that triggers me at the gym because I only see gay men and women doing it for whatever reason. Maybe they're trying to show off the goods to potential mates. No, <laughs> this is a woman using the Smith machine as a leg press, which you actually see pretty commonly. Why does it trigger me? Because it's a perfectly good Smith machine and there's like 18 different leg press devices in the rest of the gym, but for some reason you need to put your coochie out in the air. And I don't mean to body shame anybody. And I hate when people are like, oh, they're dressed inappropriate for the gym. Wear whatever you want, put your coochie anywhere, seriously. But this is just not how you use the machine. And like, why would you do that? You have to unhook it with your feet. How heavy can you possibly go? <laughs> Why would you want to get trapped under that? There's just so many better ways to do it. It's one of these things that I have to go like, what is the reason you're doing this? You want attention uh, on your genitals. Uh. 
Here we got a video of a woman hanging Speaking a kettlebell. Attention. Uh, right. And then it says the baby <laughs> <laughs> holding on to this rope in the womb. Is she, oh, wait. Is she actually pregnant? I didn't realize it at first because she's like thin and has a black shirt on. It kind of does look like she's pregnant, right? Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, okay, wait. <laughs> That's also one of the rudest things you can do is say, yeah. How's, how, when's the baby due? And the woman goes, I'm not pregnant. You're like, I was kidding. And then you go kill yourself. Don't do that, guys. It's just a joke. Like you would feel so much embarrassment over it. Good one. Moving on. This is, okay. This is a guy I discovered recently. His name is Cousin Vlad. He's an Australian guy. And I just love the way he told the story. So we're going we're gonna to end on this. Right? And they sat me on this table with my cousins that I haven't seen for years. My distant cousin, Goran, the power lift Goran. Guy, he was sat right next to me. Very Since Slavic he sees me, Vlad, how you doing, bro? Long time no see. You're looking shredded. I go, Shut staying up. shredded, bro. You look at you, bro. bro. You look 180 kilos. He goes, 140, but thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. I go, no worries, bro. Obviously, you're still doing heavy weights, powerlifting. He goes, yeah, bro, got to keep doing that. But he was sat like on the side the whole time, all awkward. I thought something was wrong with his back. I go, Goran, what's wrong with you? Why are you sat off the side of the seat like that? He goes, nothing, bro. I go, what is it? He goes, bro, it's all the years of powerlifting. The roids have caught up. I go, I told you, bro, stop putting that shit in your body. Who knows what is? He goes, shit in my body. This is stuff coming out, bro. It's hemorrhoids, not steroids. Yes, that was a long setup for a steroid hemorrhoid joke, but I, he sucked me in. So I give it up to you, Cousin Vlad. You nailed it. I'm going to be telling that story ineffectively because I don't have your accent, but, you know, it's just a classic mix-up, Casey. What are we going to do? All right. Now, that's going to wrap up this episode. Calmly, peacefully. Remember, I want you to comment in the section below. What would you do if you were in my position and you had access to some information about people who... I don't know, maybe harass your friends like 8,000 times in the course of two years. Would you say their real name? Would you not? What would you do? Tell me if you were in my position in the comments below, should I expose them like I'm exposing my chest from this oak and stone clothing? Woo, I actually ripped a button off, shit.